0: Thanks for joining me for Season 5 of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other. Because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. Welcome to Episode 508. I am Susan Macias. I'm so glad you are here. I'd love to connect with you sometime. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook of Susan K. Macias, I stress the letter K in the middle. And the same thing for my website, um, susankmacias.com. Love to hear from you. Um, reach out if you have any questions or any thoughts, um, or to leave comments for this podcast. This one is going to be an important one. And it is for believers in Jesus who are frustrated with themselves because they keep on sinning. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we got saved and we got perfect? And it just doesn't happen that way, does it? I'm doing this episode particularly because I had been surprised that one of my most popular episodes uh, was episode 403 when I did walk through my series, my devotional, Putting Jesus On, and one of the identities that I put in there is that I am a sinner. As a believer, we still need to realize that we are sinners. And so today, I just want to dive deeper into that, because I think this is such an important thing to, um, to, to really understand. Jesus saved me over 42 years ago. And over those decades, he has led me, and taught me, and corrected me, corrected me, and sanctified me. And yet, and yet, I still find myself sinning. I don't think pure thoughts all the time. I um, don't do the things that I know I should do. I don't. I don't think really when I got saved, I ever thought I would be sinless. But I think I thought. I'd be more holy by now. And I do not feel holy because the reality is the longer I've been a Christian, the more I've gotten to know Jesus. And the more I see his holiness, the further away from that I realize I am. I've always loved the, the scripture in Romans 7, and it's talked about a lot about this this quandary, this, this um, if you ever, if you're old enough, you will know what I am talking about here. Or if you are. Uh, We're like my kids and your mother showed you all the movies she loved as a child. So I loved Dr. Doolittle. And there was a push me, pull you. And it was like a a two ended um, llama. It had heads on both ends. And we won't go into the biology of the issues of that. But it was this thing that always wanted to each go in its own direction. And I felt like that was always such a perfect picture of me. I wanted to go one way, and yet I kept being pulled in another. So I'm going to go through Romans 7 real quick and see if you identify with any of this. It's Romans 7, 15 through 25. and I'll I'll throw in a little commentary every now and then, a little Susan version to to let you know how I really hear this. For I do not understand my own actions. Oh, doesn't it make you feel good that Paul didn't understand his own actions either? For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. This is Paul saying this. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. I am saying that what God says to do is actually good because I don't like what I'm doing that is hurtful and wrong to others. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Ugh. I desire to do the right thing all the time, and I remember waking up in the morning, telling myself when my, all my kids were little, "I'm I desire to lead them with love and kindness," and an hour and a half later, I would yell at somebody. So this is a this is just real life And there's a scripture in Genesis between um, Cain and Abel. And when Cain is being told what to do and the right thing to do, but sin crouched at the door. And instead of avoiding that sin crouching at the door, Cain walked right out and it overtook him and he killed his own brother. And I see this, that evil lies close at hand. I mean, evil lies as close as our phones, it lies as close as our TVs, it lies as close as our brains and our thoughts, images that we have allowed to get into our mind. Evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. And that's so true. The word of God, it just, oh, it's so good. And it's so true. And I love it. But I see in my members, in my hands and feet and mind and everything else, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There is this tension between our mind and our, our actions, our heart and our actions, We know what we want to do, and yet we still find ourselves struggling with sinful responses. Wretched man, wretched woman that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because it's Jesus. Jesus delivers us from the body of death by having his own body go through death. He died for us, and salvation is once and for all. He conquered the um, the judgment that we deserved for our sin. So he delivers us through salvation on earth. Salvation, though, of our soul is a one-time thing, and it's eternal thing deliverance from our body of sin it's a daily or hourly or even moment by moment thing it has to happen over and over and over and over again it's like being a toddler learning to walk and you know how many times you have to deliver them from plopping down on their diaper you, you have to get them up again and then they walk a few more steps plop get them up again walk a few more steps plop and then they get really confident and they, little bit later is they've become good at Walker and they start running and then they face plant on the concrete and you go oh, it's terrible and you got to get them up and brush them off and kiss the boo-boos and it just keeps going when they're in high school and they dislocate an elbow as we had or an you know pulled muscles there we were again as parents delivering them from pain taking them to the doctor it just keeps going Jesus keeps delivering us. So when I wrote my book, Putting Jesus On, which is going through the different identities that we have in Christ, um, one of them that I included was that I am a sinner. Because I think we kind of move past that as soon as we become a believer. And we have to realize that we are walking as a believer, still a sinner. And it's very, very important To not think we're supposed to be past it for a lot of reasons. Um, But uh, we're going to go into that as we go through. So if you want to go back and listen to the Devo out of the book, Putting Jesus On for I Am a Sinner, that is episode 403. And you can listen to it. I read it straight out of the book. And um, that whole fourth season is that devotional. And so if you want to hear uh, any of those identities that you have in Christ, look at any of the episodes with the 400s, and those are all those. There's 31 episodes. Okay, but today's episode is the question, why do I keep sinning? And it's all answered, as always, in Scripture. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. Romans 7, 23, but I see in my members, once again, members is your body, in your actions, even in your thoughts, another law waging war against the law of my mind. This is the one we read in Romans 7. So this is, I I want this to really get into us that we have a, a war going on between our mind and our body. And I include in our body our other kinds of thoughts, our mind, um, our heart, our soul, those things should be being developed in Christ. But we can know things. But is knowing that pornography is wrong keep us from bringing up thoughts in our mind of pornography we have viewed in the past? See, there's even a war within our mind. Okay, Ecclesiastes. I didn't say that very well. Ecclesiastes 720. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. And Solomon at that point was very frustrated with all human beings, including himself. But, you know, the reality is that's true. And if we look to others, from religious leaders, to our parents, to whatever, and we say, why are you, or particularly to our kids, they're just big sinners like we are, um, you know, they're going to be struggling. And we need to realize that. First John 8-10 through 10 is a beautiful scripture, not only establishing, yep, we're sinners, but what to do about it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There's a scripture that I've heard used by people, um, be perfect as I am perfect, which I don't have time to go into that today, but that's um, not saying you're going to be perfect on earth. So we'll get into that maybe some other time, but you're not perfect. And if you feel like you need to act like you're perfect in front of your children, all you're teaching them is that there's no way to deal with sin. It's very important that we display to our children our our own need of repentance and our need for forgiveness from them, from the Lord. And then we teach them to ask for forgiveness when they've done the wrong thing. So it's a, this cycle we start in our families, and we need to keep it up um, as long as we are breathing. So let's, I'm going to go back and start at the beginning because I did a little too much commentary in there. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him God, a liar, and his word is not in us. It's just part of our identity. Our identity in Jesus is that we are sinners. And part of that is that we need a savior. But it's not just a one-time bend your knee to the call of God, confess your sins, and, and, and ask Jesus into your heart, or, which is one way of saying it, or giving your life to the Lord, or responding to his call. All of the ways that we say, uh, we try to put into words this incredible divine relationship. He calls us, we answer. We recognize we cannot live this life in our flesh, that we are sinners and that we need a savior. And we answer his call to us, and we call to him. And it's a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Okay, so there isn't a scripture that promises us, realize this, that when we become believers, that our sin nature will magically disappear. There's no scripture that says that. Sin Matters and I want I don't want to make light of sin in telling you this because sin matters, it doesn't mean we're supposed to sin, it just means, um, but we are, we need to know that, and it matters because we need to know what to do with it when we sin. Um, I take my own sin very seriously. So when I sin, what happens? Now that I have a relationship with Jesus and I've walked with him, I'm walking with him today, the Holy Spirit convicts me. The Holy Spirit convicts me of my sin. And sometimes that conviction happens and I go, "Uh uh-huh, shh, 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 I don't want to hear it. I'm really enjoying this show. I know that there's a lot of bad stuff in it, but I'm going to keep watching it because I'm mature enough to handle it. If the Holy Spirit convicts me of something, I should respond. I can choose to listen to that Spirit, or I can ignore the Spirit. And I'll just tell you, don't ignore. You know, you know that, but the reality is we have to be reminded, don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think, was that the Spirit or was that me? I'd much rather falsely um, assume that it's a Spirit and stop doing something questionable than um, say, oh, no, 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 I think that's just me. I, I'd, I would rather over-obey than under-obey, if that makes sense. So, when we get convicted, what are we supposed to do? Just stop. Okay, stop. I just, I'll turn the TV off. No, confess. Confess to the Lord what um, we have done wrong. Because that verse tells us we confess he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We need to confess. And I can't tell you the difference this has made to me personally to just really get better at confession. And I will also tell you that it's still in my pride something I struggle with, but that's what we need to do. And then we ask the Holy Spirit for help. If the Holy Spirit went to the trouble to convict us of the sin, then he's also going to give us help to um, to not stay in the sin. Okay, so we've established that even as we mature, sin hangs on, you know, my selfish tendencies have remained, my short temper has never left me, my frustration with slow drivers, particularly when they get in the left lane, and if they even and the slow cashiers that are kind of on their phone and don't really help you very much anymore. I mean, that feels very justified. But if I am very aware of my sin and then I realize that deep need I continually have for forgiveness, I appreciate the relationship that Jesus offers me, the blood that he shed even more, even more today than I did 42 years ago, because it's amazing. It's amazing that he would know that for decades, for most of my life, I would know him and I would keep sinning and he saved me anyway. It just is amazing to me because every sin is either going to harden me and quiet the spirit if I quench the spirit, or it is going to remind me of what my Savior did to pay for it. And then I can go through this cycle of when I sin, and then I can repent, and then I can, I can confess, and I can have a restored relationship. And every time that happens, I am playing out the gospel. And when I let other people know about it, instead of hiding everything, when I ask people to pray for me because I'm struggling with the sin that I need help with, they, I am playing the gospel out in front of other people, too. I am a sinner. Now, this is straight from my devotional. I am a sinner, and that means that I, like every other human on the planet, needs a Savior. Realizing and agreeing with that fact anchors my heart to Jesus, who isn't surprised at all by my need. He never has been. I mean, think about that. You don't have to not be needy for Jesus to love you or to save you. So if I realize my identity as a sinner, this accomplishes some things in my life. First of all, It explains to me why I keep falling in the same places, even though I love Jesus. And I can, instead of beating myself up, I can take that to Him and work on that with Him. And it connects me permanently to His forgiveness and His heart. I don't want to say, okay, great, I'm saved got that that box checked i'm going to go have some fun and see you around when i die no it it makes me realize how much this daily and moment by moment relationship with jesus matters because i never stop needing him and it slays my pride if I'm doing anything well, if I do anything right, I don't get prideful because I really have, the more I know Jesus, the more I see of how far I am from him. And, and I don't mean far relationally. I mean, I want to follow him. I want to react like him. I want to love like him. And I don't, but I try. And so I want to just hang on tight to him. I don't want to get far from Jesus. I want to stay close to him. So I have the best chance possible of acting like him. So it slays my pride for doing anything right. Oh, aren't I so godly? You know, I get up and have my quiet time every morning. Do you? No, I'm never going to say that. I don't even think that because it's like, uh uh-uh, I know how much I need every word of God that I get in the morning. And if I don't have it, I know I get even uglier. So that is very, very important but there's another thing recognizing that i am a sinner does and that it defeats any self self-loathing you know i'm pretty hard on myself part of that's my personality i'm i'm uh, unfortunately a bit of a perfectionist and i i really see my faults in in a spotlight um i i think that it can be easy to either one, ignore those things or to focus on them too much. But we can start to feel guilty and we can start to really, you know, be down on ourselves because because we're so, uh, we're so, I'm such a sinner still. And that's not really all that, unless it's leading to repentance and restoration, that's actually not all that helpful. But when we go back to that question that we began with, why do I keep sinning? It's because I am a sinner, and it's because I have a self-centered nature that actually enjoys sin. A lot of it, I really enjoy, and so um, I have to, I have to constantly be bringing that to Jesus. I am redeemed now, but I am not yet perfected, and so at this point, I'm gonna keep sinning. You are going to keep sinning. We just now have a solution. I take my sin seriously. I pray for the Lord's help when I sin. And I'm convicted to desire better ways of living. I don't want to keep sinning. I want to live in a better way. And I do that by studying scripture because then I get truth. And then I know Jesus better. And then I pray and I ask for his enlightenment so that I can understand the scripture. And all of that develops my relationship with him. So yeah, we're going to keep sinning. We don't want to ever think that we're not going to be a sinner because we can, like we said, either fall into pride or self-loathing. And it's easy to fall into one ditch or another. And I want you to realize that this question is so, so, so vital because we're actually kind of on a tightrope. It's very easy to fall into one side or the other. You know, if that tightrope is going across the Grand Canyon, if you fall off, it's a little scary. So if we fall off to one side, we'll fall into the, I'm a sinner, but that's okay. It's what, it's grace. You know, I've got grace. Well, I'll just have grace, 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 grace. Like that's the only part of God's character that matters. Grace abounds. Should I sin all the more? May it never be. That's in Romans somewhere. I can't remember the exact verse. I think it's in six, but I'm not entirely sure. So, but it is in there. I should not keep sinning just because grace abounds. And it's easy to fall into not taking sin seriously because we know we've been forgiven by the blood of Christ. Okay, so we don't want to fall on that side. But... I also don't want to fall into the side of oh, I'm such a sinner, I I have no joy, I have no beat myself. you know Martin Luther before he really understood grace as a monk he knew he understood that Christ had died for him. he had this sense of that that um, he was such a sinner and he would flog himself because of the weight of the guilt of his sins. So we don't want to take make sin flippant and just say, well, it's okay, because I got grace, I'm covered. And we don't want to say, where's a whip? I need to beat myself. And we need to stay on the tightrope of God's truth. I am a sinner. I can confess. I can restore relationship. I can keep going. But the enemy knows that we are on a tightrope. And he uses the sin. I find these, particularly if you're like really concerned about he's a liar remember this as i as, before i say this i just want to say he's a liar he's an accuser and he's he's a lot of things but we know for sure he's a liar and we know he's an accuser and so he will either accuse us that we are terrible that we don't live up to the Christian ideal, that we have failed, that if I was a real believer, I wouldn't keep doing these things. He'll just lie, 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 lie into our heads because he's saying those things to kill any hope we have, not to say, yeah, you know what? That's true. But Jesus died for me. And he says, all I have to do is confess and repent. And he's waiting for me. He wants me. He knows I'm a sinner. He's not surprised. So why should I be? And go away. Enemy, I really don't care for your distortion of the truth because that's what a lie is. He takes truth and he just distorts it. You, if you were a real believer, you wouldn't keep sinning. No, I keep sinning, but because I'm a real believer, I can go to who I believe in Jesus to be forgiven. On the other side, he could accuse, like, it's all your parents' fault. You know, now everybody, you know, ha- look, abuse is horrible. And people do wrong things. And as a parent with my kids grown, I can tell you there are many things I wish I'd done differently. Uh, Parents really are mostly trying to do the best they can. I'm I'm serious. we, We were. We were trying to do the best we can. But if you have issues now and you don't have to take responsibility for any of them, it's all your parents' fault, I think you need to make sure who you're listening to. There could be things in your past that are causing problems today, but that does not mean that you can blame everything on your parents. Be careful who's accusing your parents to you. I'm not saying they did the right thing. I'm not even saying that they didn't do some things to mess up. I'm just saying, make sure who you're listening to, because I just think the teardown of the family is happening from all angles and at all stages. And so uh, that's a whole nother podcast. I won't get into that now. But be careful. The enemy wants to use our sins to beat us up. He wants to use other people's sins for us to d- to divide and to, and to sow hate. So we'll go now back to the end here, because I want you to see clearly. I want you so much to see clearly that it's okay. We, yes. Why do we keep sinning? Because we're a sinner who continually needs a Savior. It doesn't mean we want to keep sinning. It just means we will, and we will continually need a Savior. And if we don't recognize that fact, we will fall off that tightrope onto one side or the other. Jesus sees you clearly. That is both um exciting and terrifying cuz he knows everything he knows everything you can fool everybody but him he knows what you're when you're pretending to be happy he knows when you're pretending to like people he knows when you dream about running away from all your responsibilities he knows when you don't like a single person in your own family and much less your church or a neighbor He knows when you overspend or overeat or undereat or keep the extra change that the cashier who is in, you know, this new math stuff doesn't know how to give you the right change. So here we are. What do we do in those moments? He knows when you ignore the person who really needs your help, but you have not the energy to go up and listen to them one more time. He knows when your kids are calling for your help, you know what my kids used, they would call for my help and I would be, I had this chair that was kind of behind. And for the first year we lived in that house, they didn't really realize where I was. Once they found me, then the gig was up. But I would go, they'd say, mom, and I'd go, what? Of course they couldn't hear me, but I could say, yeah, I answered you. I could didn't hear me because I thought if I could just have five minutes, can I just have five minutes to get two brain cells to get connected here? And so he knew every time I was doing that. How do I know about the overeating and undereating and overspending and avoiding people? Because I've done the same thing and he still has opened his arms to me and he knows exactly who I am. He invites me to repent of every sin, even the ones I hide from everybody else over and over time after time, even when I fail in the same place repeatedly guys, you remember how irritating it was with our kids when they would do the same thing wrong over and over and over again? I did not keep having my arms open in the same way. I didn't look a lot like Jesus on the 27th time. So I just am amazed at his love for me because I know how faulty my own love has been. Have you ever wondered why he hasn't wearied of us? I have. I just love him so much. Don't you think about that? I mean, he never feels the way about us that we feel about the other people we love when they irritate the heck out of us. Our sin grieves him, but it makes his death on the cross all that more necessary. And and he has given us the avenue back to his arms. Jesus is such good news. Because of him, we enjoy an eternal relationship with the Lord of the universe. Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you feel dirty right now, go rush into the cleansing shower of his blood. Somehow his blood makes us white. And it's a beautiful thing. I I really challenge you to stop asking, why do you keep sinning? But instead, dive headfirst into who Jesus is. Because the more I know him, and the more I look into his face, the less I want to sin. And the more I see him, the more I want to look like him. And I will never get there in this life but I'm getting closer to him, not by me and not by my power, by the way, because first Peter 4, 11 says, whoever serves, serve as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. God supplies us the strength to do what we're doing. If we're doing it in the flesh, that's those filthy rags. But if we are doing it in the strength that God supplies, we are becoming deeper and deeper and deeper in relationship to him. In this body, we will struggle with sin but we have the model of Jesus to emulate. Yes, the enemy wants to use our sin to make us feel guilty or to make us not take sin seriously, but we need to just follow Jesus. He calls us to repent, to be forgiven, and to walk in relationship. And when we do that, we can ignore our enemy's taunts. We can refuse to cling to our habitual sin and instead let each instance of sin Cause us to cling to Jesus. First John 1:9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What hidden sin are you struggling with right now? Stop. Confess. Repent. Even if you feel justified, if you know that it is not of God, that it goes against his commands then stop, repent, confess, and be brought back into loving relationship with him and ask him for solutions to your problems. Because we find all kinds of temporary solutions for whatever we're feeling at the moment, but sin never satisfied for longer than a second. Jesus satisfies eternally.